afternoon, Fellowship family. Merry Christmas. This morning I woke up and Cheryl said, how did you sleep? I said, man, I was, went to bed and I was just dreaming of a white Christmas. And she said, kind of like the ones you used to know. Oh, sorry, I couldn't pass that one up. Well, um, as people have asked me, boy, this is the fourth of five services. Joe, how are you doing? I said, how I'm doing isn't, isn't the question. It's how Bill is doing when he sings for five services. Oh, come all ye faithful. Yeah. Thank you for laughing. <laughs> so we are here at this time to focus on the reason of, of everything for Christmas. And his name is Jesus. And we're here at, to celebrate what actually happened when God became flesh and lived with us. And so as we celebrate that, I want to talk to you just about what that angel said to the shepherds, just common shepherds outside of Bethlehem. The angel said, this will be good news of a great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. I think we long for good news. We all long for good news. Even if you don't or haven't yet put your faith and trust in Jesus, you long for good news. You may uh, look at this world. You may have had a horrible 2017. And when you think of 2018, you think, wow, I hope it's better. I hope it's better because there's this something within us. I think it's human to hope. We hope for a better day. And this, if you've looked at the news this year, you've seen that whole concept of fake news and how fake news has kind of stole all the headlines and the influence and the power of fake news. News that you want to be true, but isn't true. And I think that's what make, makes fake news so attractive when we're looking at it on the stream or something like that. We kind of go, well, I hope that's true. I hope that's true. And so we, we point on it and then we find out, oh, this is just, this is fake news. So what I, in the spirit of longing for good news, I've developed 12 Hope they're true. Christmas, 12 days of Christmas news headlines. And I want to share them with you. Okay? So here they are. First one is this. National debt paid off. Who's with me? Don't you long for that? National debt right now is over $20 trillion. I can't even think of $20 trillion, And it's our reality of debt in our country. Others, uh, here's another one. Instant road invented. Just add water. The result is, folks, all Topeka roads open immediately. Who's with me on that? (laughs) We had our mayor with us on one of our services. said, can you do something about this? She'll try to invent it. Okay. New food discovery. Chocolate less calories than celery. Who's up for this this time of year? I am. Diamond mine found under Topeka. Property values skyrocket. (laughs) Fruitcake, new alternative fuel. (laughs) One cake fuels car up to 12,000 miles. Now, if if this were a reality and you gave me fruit, then I would really appreciate it. (laughs) Topeka is safest place on earth. Oh, but there's there's small print. I'm sorry. There it is. It's from tsunamis. That's right. It is equidistant from all coasts. New app changes stoplight. Turn lights green before you get to the intersection. Here's the truth about this one, though, is that 
We can't all have it, right? Just a few of us can have it. North Korea, world's friendliest place to live. Kim Kim Jong-un changed his name to Kim Jong-love. Some of you, that's the only thing you're going to remember about my message is that name right there. Common cold cured. Strong sales for a new drug. Ready? Cordova. You get it? Cordova? There. Now you get it. Now you get it. Just got to pause. Christmas contentment soars. Kids request fruit baskets over iPhone 10s. Parents, are you with me on this? We'd long for that. Kids are going, no. Yeah, okay. Chiefs win Super Bowl. (laughs) They defeat Packers 58-0. That will be the day. That will be the day. Eye contract revival. People actually look at you when you speak at them. Yeah, that's kind of that Christmas reality. You're together in the same room and everyone's like this, right? No one's looking at their eyes. Well, you know, when you think about the Christmas story and how it's related in the scriptures in Matthew and in Luke, a lot of people look at this story as fake news. They want it to be true, but they don't quite think it's true. There's some people who just reject it altogether. And they say, look, this has been made up by the church out of well-wishing, well-meaning, hope it's true kind of people. And so they pull away from the, the historical account and then the reality of the claims and the call and the invitation of Jesus in the process. So what do we find when we look at it? Well, as I found, I remember there was a time in my life when I was just into college and I had to realize, boy, is this the faith of my parents that I've been around or is it really true? Is this fake news or is this really reality in my life? And I went through a time of soul searching. Some of you who just got into college, kind of, you may be doing this search yourself, but rather than chucking your faith, maybe you ought to look at it. And here's what I found. Instead of chucking my faith, I decided to look at the scriptures and really look at what's out there. And is this account true? And here's what I found. That the place that were mentioned in this account actually happened. Matter of fact, this year in June, I actually went to Bethlehem and I looked at this area in which this angel angels appeared to the shepherds. I looked into the historical accounts of the cities that were named, of the rulers that were not just mentioned in the scriptures, but in extra biblical sources, that these were really people who did it. See, so it kind of showed me that you don't have to check your brains at this door at, when you come into church. Now, I will tell you that it is not just the facts of the people and the places that make this story special. It's also, it's also the person and the work of Jesus. It's the faith of this story that we're called into. And John, when he wrote the story, the whole account of the, of the person of Christ, he said in chapter 20, he said, these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the son of God. And that by believing, you might have life in his name. And so he tells the facts, but then he moves us to faith and he calls us to that. And so this Christmas, as a church family, we've been going through this whole account from one verse. One verse, it's John 1, 14. And it says this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Folks, this is the longest message series I've ever done on one verse. 
This is now the fifth week on this. Some of you are going, whew, glad we're here for the last one, you know. But what this tells to us, it tells us some key essential truths. The first one is this. Christmas is really about God becoming like us. Jesus took on flesh. He had to become like us to live a life we couldn't live. Secondly, Christmas is all about God coming near to us. That he didn't just take on flesh, he dwelt with us. There's pictures throughout the scriptures of when God dwelt with people, but ultimately this is the picture where Jesus actually came to be near. God's not distant. He doesn't keep an arm's length away. He draws near to us. He takes the initiative to come to earth to be with us. Christmas is also about God showing us who he is because those who spent time with Jesus saw his glory. They beheld his glory, the one from the father. And so this last phrase, which is our final phrase for Christmas 2017, are these five words. That this Jesus who came, he took on flesh, he came near to us, he showed us who God was. He was full of grace and truth. Those two words I want to talk to you about. Jesus being full of grace and truth. When you think about a relationship with God and what that might look like, I will just tell you this. If you were to meet God, you would long for those two words to be real. Truth and grace. You would long for God. I think we all do. We want God not just to know about us. We want God to love us. We don't want God just to know about all of the issues in our lives. Many of us would want to hide from that, but we'd want us at the, want him at the same time to love us and accept us. And that's what God did through Jesus. We are fully known and completely loved through Jesus because Jesus is full of grace and truth. Let's talk about Jesus giving us the grace of God. Jesus gives us the grace of God. Now, let's talk about what grace is, because grace, by definition, is undeserved love. It's it's loving someone not at their best, not for what they can do for you, not for what they have done, not for all their performance, not for their success or for their position or accomplishments. When you love someone with grace, you love them at their worst. You love them at your worst. And that's how God loves us. He sees us for who we are. And he chooses to love us just the way we are. You know, when you don't have grace, you cannot have forgiveness. Because forgiveness is setting someone free of your wrath, of your anger, of your revenge. And if you think about your relationship with God, here's what I hear in, inside and even outside the church. It's, boy, I've got to be good. I better not mess up. If I mess up, God's going to get me because we have this picture that God is up there and he's not even keeping a list of who's been naughty or nice. He's keeping a list of who's messed up and he's going to get you. And so we're always looking, God, are going to get me? We're looking over our shoulder and we come to church sometimes just to kind of pacify that tension within us. But Jesus comes to us and says, your God sees you just the way you are and chooses to love you anyway. This is all about grace. It's not earned. It's not deserved. But all of us can have it through Christ. That's the beauty of grace. Now, why is it that we love to receive grace, but we really struggle to give grace? Think about that. Why is it when you're driving on Wanamaker Road and someone honks at you that all of a sudden your heart rate goes up? 
And you want to go honk back, right? You want to get back, right? They cut in front of you. Why? What is it within you? I mean, I'm a pastor and I deal with this. I wish I could tell you I've outgrown this. I want to speed around and cut in front of them. Do what they did to me. Why? Because that would look really good. That would look really good as a pastor at Fellowship Bible Church to run someone off the road. We struggle with that. We struggle. We all, we long for grace, but we don't like to live grace. There is something within us that needs to be changed. It's our hearts. And there is something that fears grace. And that is that we have to give up ourselves to receive it. We've got to give up trying and we need to begin trusting in Jesus to do this for us. And that's what grace is all about. If you have to earn it and you have to deserve it, none of us would get in. Grace is something that, that uh, John would develop in verse 16 of John 1. He says, for from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. That, that is that when Jesus came, he ultimately heaped grace on top of itself in our lives. And grace, when we have Jesus, says to us, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there's nothing you have done to make God love you less. God chooses to love us. And it's not because of what we've done. It's not our family background. It's not our race. It's not our income. It's not our neighborhood. It's simply because God chose to love. And that's why we are a church that celebrates the grace of God. Every week we come together and we don't come together and go, hey, hey, look at my life. I'm so awesome. I'm so much better than the people out there in the world. Man, look what's happening out there. That's an easy temptation for a church to do. But ultimately we come together because none of us deserve this. And all of us can have it. And we celebrate that the ground is level at the cross. We don't celebrate our own personal righteousness. So if you're looking at me or someone around you to follow when it comes to following Christ, then we need to look at Christ because he's the only one who's perfect. Christians are far from it, but we come here to confess our need for grace. Can I ask you a quick question before we move on? Have you received the grace of God through the person and the work of Jesus? Because Christmas is all about receiving that gift. Let's take a look at that next one because that second word there is the truth of God. And you know, in the same way that Jesus came to give the grace of God, he also gives the truth of God to us. And I think just as there's a longing for love, longing for love without having to earn it or deserve, or deserve it, there's, there's a longing for truth in our world. There's a longing to be known. It's important that we're known it's important that, that the reality of life around us is true. There's a, long, a longing to be correctly diagnosed. There's a longing when you're sick to be correctly treated, right? There's a longing even to know when you're alone and it's dark and you're wondering what's up with me. There's a longing to know even yourself. Well, Jesus is the truth of God. He fully knows us. And fully loves us. When you don't have the truth, there's going to be lying, deception, covering, shading the truth. There's going to be a whole bunch of secrets because when you don't have truth, you can't have trust. Any relationship with God, with each other, even with yourself, when you don't have the truth, you can't have trust. Some of us have lived through this in relationships and you know the hurt 
of someone not being or telling the truth. This past year has been an experiment in the truth. As you've seen the headlines and you've seen different people getting caught for different improprieties or abuse of women. And they've been outed and the truth comes out. And it's an unpleasant truth. But those who've been abused, those who have been hurt by that go, yes, the truth. We celebrate the truth. So the truth isn't just something of what makes sense to me. The truth applies to all of us. And our problem with the truth, in the famous words of theologian Jack Nicholson, we can't handle the truth. We don't like to live with truth. Here's what I mean. We like what's good about us. We cover what's worst about us. It's called Facebook. We kind of just go, hey, look at my awesome family. Look at how well adjusted we are. My kids, look at how beautiful they are. They're great students. Look at what, and, and they don't go, this kid lied to me today. <laughs> Tag him. You know, we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't go, hey, the holiday seasons, they've been rough. I gained 25 pounds. Just look at me. Click. You know, we don't do that. We hide from it. We cover for it. We only show our positive side. Now, don't put that on Facebook tonight just to prove me wrong. (laughs) But the reality is, is what is it about us that would rather hide and cover the truth? Truth that Jesus came to reveal. Here's what it is. I think we're afraid of being vulnerable. I think we're afraid of being humiliated, of being exposed without any acceptance or any love in the process. That's why it's so important to receive the gift, these two gifts from Jesus. You don't just receive his love, his unconditional, never go away, never walk away love. You also accept his truth. And so when you come to Jesus, you realize that. You realize that. And it's okay to be blessed by the truth rather than burdened by the truth. John develops this in verse 17 of John 1. He says, for the law was given through Moses. That law was a burden. But look at this. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. What he's saying is Jesus came to bless us with both. He completely knows you and he chooses to love you anyway. I don't know about you, but when it comes to a relationship with God, this is what my soul longs for, to be completely known And fully loved in the process. And that's what Jesus has given us. This relationship with our God, our maker, the creator of the universe. He came to give us this relationship of grace and truth. So as we look at this, let's put these two words together. And think about what it looks like to receive the gift of Jesus. I told you that we long for these two things, these two words, not just in our relationship with each other, but in our relationship with God. And that's why the gift of Jesus really is a blessing to us. A lot of people think that a Christian life of following Jesus is all a life of burdens of you can't do this, you can do this, and you got, you know, it's self-righteous and all this. But here's what I've learned as I follow Jesus, that my life has deepened in grace and truth. I've actually learned to love people that even five years ago, I wasn't loving. I learned to understand people that five years ago, I put in a stereotype. I've learned to love people who have hurt me, who have offended me. And I'm still learning, check with my wife, how to love, how to love. I'm living more at home in the truth than I ever have. 
I don't run away with, with, from truth. I, I try not to cover truth in my life. Even as a pastor, I try to share my life as a guy in process, not a guy who has it all together. And being at home with the truth has set my life free. Only Jesus can do that. That's why I'd like to invite you into relationship with God through Jesus Christ, where grace and truth can be things that set your soul free and your heart on fire to find and follow Jesus. I'd like to encourage you right now, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what background you've had, that at this point, you just think about your relationship with God. Do you have the grace and truth of God through Jesus? The scriptures call us, number one, to believe in the person and the power of Jesus. To believe that Jesus really was who he said he was. He's God in the flesh who lived, he died, and he rose again for you. And to believe in the power, that means that when you trust in him, stop trying to impress him. When you trust in him and his completed work for you, and you turn from your sin to follow him, you will be saved. A biblical word for that, by the way, is repentance. And it just means turning from yourself to God. Turning from your sin to the righteousness that Jesus calls you into. And you're not going to be perfect for the rest of your life. Trust me, I'm living proof. I'm living, but God will start to do something in your heart. He will grow you in a relationship of grace and truth. And he'll restore your life. I want to encourage you, wherever you're at, to make that step and receive the gift of God that Jesus came to give you. Would you just bow your heads with me as we close our time here? If you would like to receive the gift of Jesus, would you just, it's not a magical prayer, it's it's an expression of your heart. Would you just say to him, Jesus, I get it, I get it. It's not in me working or trying harder, it's in me trusting in the person and the work of Jesus. Jesus, thank you for living, for dying, for rising from the dead for me. I trust you. I turn from my sin to follow you, however that's going to look. Heavenly Father, I just commit everyone here to you. Thank you for bringing them to this place. You make no accidents and no one is here by chance. You have ordained each person in this room. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be people who don't just receive your grace and truth, but we are people who live your grace and truth through our lives. It's in the name of Jesus and for his glory that I pray. Amen. And now's the time where we're going to...